Hello, everyone. This is Caspi Bias from the podcast Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. I wanted to share something with you all today before we jump into a new episode. If you are looking for additional content on Black identity and on how to survive adulthood, then check out the podcast Sufficiently Black. Listen to their trailer and show streaming now wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome to Sufficiently Black a show that explores what it means to be comfortable in your Blackness despite living in a world obsessed with stereotypes. Host, Kia, Amari, and Janae deep dive into Black womanhood. Personally, I know that when I walk into the room, I'm seen as Black first. Yeah. Then I'm seen as a woman. The glass ceiling is already, like, there. It's already above my head. It's, it's already above my head. Like, shattering that bitch is real tough for me. Yeah. Identity. I feel beautiful and my mom and like my mom's telling me my immediate family are telling me I'm beautiful but everyone everything else around me is telling me like I'm not beautiful and so it was never I never wanted to be lighter skinned or white I just wanted the fucking privilege (laughs) that came along with being light and culture it doesn't matter how much money you have as a black person you will never in your life you could say I'm not black I'm OJ you could say whatever you want but you still are going to be black. It doesn't matter. Through a critical lens as they navigate their way through adulthood. I want to look back at this year and say, damn, like that was a comfy ass fun year. That's what I want. Like I want this year to be like I'm running around in sweatpants, but have a glittery top in, like figuratively. Join us every other Tuesday for funny. And this is why I'm angry, yo. Because I'm like, damn, I was giving so much energy to these boys who like could not call what we were doing what it was, which is a relationship, dude. Like it's a relationship. And I'm giving this all this goodness to you when I could be giving it to myself or someone else and intellectual conversations. In order for black people to survive, you have to play a game of not being yourself about what it means to be sufficiently black. Trying to mind my business and be black. That's basically about it. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Bye. Bye. And now, back to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. Today, we are talking about how to deal with societal pressure to get married. As we get older, There are many cultures that place a very high value on family and having children. As a result, we as adults receive more pressure on those around us to get married. How do we cope with this pressure? Here to talk more about this is Stephanie Wu Dearden of Stephanie Wu Dearden Counseling and Psychotherapy. Stephanie is a registered qualifying psychotherapist with the College of Registered Psychotherapists of Ontario. She is located in London, Ontario. Yep, that's right. Oh, Canada. If you haven't already, check out the new Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias animated series. There, you can review a few captivating moments from each episode in animated form. Check out the description section for a link to the series. Thank you for coming on to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias, Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. It's nice to officially meet you. Hello, Casby. I know that today the topic is focused on how to cope when you have family pressure as far as them wanting to have you married or get married in a sense. 
So I was wondering if you would be able to tell us your personal story. Being from the uh, Asian culture, you had a little bit of it in your description, but would you be able to tell your personal story as far as how you connect to the particular topic for today? Yeah, I think that's, um, of course, I want to acknowledge, yeah, my positionality on that. My heritage background is Singaporean Chinese, having grown up in Canada, and currently I am married. That's my position when I'm addressing this, but I do have some experience with like just being confounded with like relationship and all of a sudden, you know, going from professionalism at school, which is understandable to where are you at with this? And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I have people in my life and people that I see through my work as a therapist who are also struggling with that too. And I think that around relationships now, there's so many different ways to do things and not one right way. And so I really want to honor that um, with people and that, yes, this is the path that I'm on. I got married, but this isn't the path for everyone. And I think that's really okay. Exactly. I know for um, for me personally, I it, it started out, um, I would ask my mom and my dad, like, oh, when can I date? Um, and so I, you know, started getting interested in that avenue. And my, um, I remember my dad specifically, he's like, you can't date until you're married. I was like, oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I was like, hey, yeah. wait a second, what? Like later on, it got a little bit more lenient, if you will, with right. like, oh, you can't marry until you're 30 years old. And being a little kid or at the time, I was like, ah, oh, man. So... <laughs> Right. Um, so I was definitely more focused on my studies and everything, making sure that everything was good mm-hmm. to go on that avenue. But then later, I would say like after college was when I first started noticing conversations mm-hmm. of like, oh, so when are you getting married? And different conversations of like, oh, when you get married, da 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 da. Yeah. And even today, I still have those different types of conversations, either from my not necessarily from my dad. I feel like low key, he's happy about <laughs> me about mm-hmm. not being in a relationship with Jenner, you know, like mm-hmm. the daddy daughter relationship. Mm-hmm. But from my mom, I would get different things like, oh, when you get married, you'll know XYZ or, or this types of stuff will happen. Did it feel like a switch kind of like went like on and off of like, wait a second? I thought right. this was something that like, you didn't want for me for so long or didn't want me to pay attention to. And now you're like, why aren't you there yet? Mm-hmm. Yes, it definitely, definitely felt like a switch. I was like, when did, yeah. when did this happen? Though I honestly feel like it happened like right after, right, either right after college or during like the last yeah. years of college. It was like, what, oh. when did they expect me to, like, I don't, I was, I thought I was supposed to study, like, okay. Uh- <laughs> yes. And I think that, we do it differently now than it had been in the past, but before it wasn't really about relationship. It was about two families coming together in a way that was beneficial to both people, both families, hopefully. And of course, things happened in homes um, that weren't so great, mm-hmm. especially for women. Um, but it wasn't really about some two people having a relationship together and right knowing one another and bonding and being belonging. And then you have these ruptures in your relationship and then you learn how to repair them. 
and be honest and upfront. It wasn't really about that. And But those are the skills we want to have now. And to go from this is something that is totally off the table for you to why aren't you doing that? It's very jarring. Honestly, I don't like this may change in the future, but I honestly don't see myself getting married. And I at this time, I don't want to get married. But I know that there are some people who may want to later on for young professionals out there or people who are in my situation um, who don't. Long story short, we definitely need to have a conversation um, with our family, uh, whether it be immediate or more of a distance in, distance in general, to let them know that we're not ready, at least not right now. I had actually told my mom uh, that I was not planning on getting married and that I'm planning on not getting married. And it was actually a better conversation that I anticipated. Either that or she wasn't taking me seriously once we had the conversation. Um from your perspective, how specifically can we as young professionals have this particular talk with parents that we don't want to necessarily get married anytime soon or at all? How exactly do we have that conversation? Like, what's a word for word script in which we will be able to have that conversation? I wish I had that for you. <laughs> and here's the thing with advice on the internet? Is it so decontextualized, right? There's not going to be one right thing that applies to each person, but of course it helps to hear about what different people do and what they try. Mm -hmm. But everyone's parents are different. Everyone's themselves and their dynamic is so different. I think of people also who might belong to the LGBTQ plus community as well. That, that will look different with their parents too, that conversation around not wanting a tri- like a monogamous traditional marriage. Right. Right. So I think the important thing to know is that, you know, what we have control over is ourselves, our own reactivity to the conversation, how open we are to our parents as well. And I think one thing that's important for us to remember is that for some parents, it's very hard when kids choose their children, choose something that's different from what they chose. Mm-hmm. That's true. You know, it might be that you can get some closeness by being really honest the way that you said you were. Sometimes we might not be actually able to understand, so we kind of have to get them to understand. So we just have to um, tailor our expectations back and say, I know you're not going to understand, but I just don't appreciate these comments. Yes. Or, you know, if it's, I get that you love me and you want the best for me, but this is not what's best for me right now. Yes. Or I get that you're worried about me. Right. And sometimes, sometimes that can soften things a little bit, but it's so hard to get to that place because inside we're just so freaking annoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Trying so hard to stay calm. Like if this individual asks me this question one more time. Yeah. (laughs) Let's extend outside of the parents' avenue. What if we're going to like a, a family reunion? And we run into the same, a similar situation because I, I know from time to time I would get like, oh, yeah, yo, you're out of school. When you were sharing with me that that scenario of maybe being badgered a little bit at extended family gatherings, like what I noticed in myself was, oh, like it's quite easy to feel somehow like we're less than. I'm not sure if any of you or your listeners might feel that way. But that sort of self-consciousness of like, oh, I'm not doing something I'm supposed to be doing, or there's this accusatory tone here. 
it's very hard to sort of hold on to ourselves in that scenario and, and with these people because they'll start seeing us in a certain way and then we might start seeing ourselves in that way too. Right, right, exactly. Mm-hmm. For some people, confronting that's important. For others, based on like some family norms, we can acknowledge how we feel about it. Hopefully we have a confidant or someone there who's like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe the way that aunt so-and-so just said and to talk to me, right? Hopefully we have that too if we can't talk to her directly. But there might be times where we can say, you know, I don't appreciate those comments. Or, you know, actually the power move is, I'm pretty happy. Mm. It's very different, right? Because for you, you're saying this is a choice you made. For some people, it might be even more sensitive if they are looking or a relationship, or have gone through a breakup, or have had a series right. of dates that didn't go well, it might be really sore. And so the thing that I choose, now this is not for everyone, I choose to assume the best about people, and that they are well-meaning, I find that that helps me. Mm-hmm. But sometimes the things that they say can be extremely hurtful, that they might mean well. What can young professionals say for those who are in that particular situation, where they may want to get married, but they aren't yet. And they get hurtful comments from family members. I think going into it, knowing none of it is your fault helps you hold yourself. Because it can be easy to be, what am I doing wrong? Am I not going on enough dates? Am I going on dates with the wrong person? You know, all that sort of stuff. Right. But if we take that, like, it's, this is something that it's not that I did anything wrong. It's not my fault. I think sometimes people can make us feel we're not doing enough, we're too selective, we're not selective, whatever. But if we go into that, then we could hold our own. Say, yeah, it hasn't happened for me yet. And know that it's not your fault. I feel like that makes sense. I um like again, I personally am not in that particular particular yeah. setup. Like when people ask me, I'm like, Yep. And I try to move on to another topic. And honestly, I feel like you can, like, I, I would encourage people to say, actually, this is what I've been doing lately. Mm-hmm. And maybe they've been working on some extremely cool stuff. Right. Whether it's yeah. at work and their personal life. And then, like, kind of see, like, does this person celebrate that too? Because right. I think that's extremely important. I am very heavy on career. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that's what people usually shift to, like, later on. Because uh, I get quiet after they start talking about that particular topic. But bringing up, oh, hey, let's talk about how everything's going as far as my career. Or, oh, I went on this particular trip. Exactly. Did you know I did X, Y, and Z? I feel like that's a great setup as far as trying to be respectful, but yet also trying to change the topic to something else. That's an excellent idea. I also think that we place too little emphasis on friendships. If someone wants to sort of bring in and redirect the conversation to, I went to this amazing show with my friends, or I got to see a friend I haven't been able to see in a long time, like celebrate that for themselves, modeling that for the person they're talking to. It kind of throws the little equilibrium off, but in a good way. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Yes. Friends are definitely key. Just overall support group is definitely helpful, Um, whether you're visiting Mm -hmm. Uh, immediate parents or other family members in general, just knowing that you have that support group if someone disagrees with you even, um, and that you can confide in that person like afterward. Yeah. It's definitely very helpful. I think the hard part when it comes with 
extended family and family gatherings is um, there are going to be people who are just out to judge. And then mind you, they have a whole bunch of other stuff that's going on in their lives. And you're like, I yeah. know you aren't judging me. What yeah. Is <laughs> and I think what can happen is if we're so aware of that judging us, like we're trying to control it or contort ourselves around it, or I just want this person to understand that I'm, I'm whole and I'm happy, but they might not never see it because there's something protective to them about seeing other people and dimming their light in their own minds. This actually brings up another thing too of at the end of the day, whether it is like getting married or, or having kids or just all these expectations as far as like, oh, when you reach this age, you should have this by now. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. At the end of the day, whatever decision you do make, that is your decision that you have to live with. It's like the housing wise, I'm just like, okay, if I make this decision on this super expensive house that I know I can't afford and I end up purchasing it, I'm going to be upset as far as the payments later on. And I'm going to be miserable and everything. And they're just going to be like, well, and just move on with their lives. So that is not exactly the same as far as like getting married and having kids. That's a whole different avenue. But I feel like it's similar as far as just knowing that you have to live with the consequences. There's so much wisdom in what you said just there. I think many of us can be operating from a place of feeling these expectations and pressures, but actually not realizing how much they are impacting us. We might not let the hurt in. We might not acknowledge the anxiety. We're just go, 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 tick, 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 all the boxes. And then we wonder why we're so tired. Yeah. So just a follow-up question with that. What are some ways that you would advise that we figure out whether we actually want to get married or to have kids without having our judgment be clouded by all these pressures that are coming at us? I think getting reflective around what I'm doing for approval and love. And we all do things for approval and love, I think. I I do. I know. No, yes, yes. (laughs) I'm not above that. (laughs) I am with you there. (laughs) I'm not above that. But I think just kind of saying, oh, how much of this is for approval and love? And a question I ask myself, I don't know if it's helpful, but I found myself experimenting with this question of what would I do if I knew I was going to be loved anyway? It's an interesting thought experiment. Like, what would I do if I knew it was going to be embraced and accepted? And I think maybe sometimes that unlocks some of the desire in us. Whether we choose to act on it is a different story, but it might just allow us to tap into that. We are most triggered by the people closest to us, our parents, right? Our siblings, our caregivers. And so noticing how that lands in our body can be a great way to help take care of ourselves so we're not in this place of we're just reacting. We can come from a place where it actually really feels like our solid truth. Stephanie, I am so appreciative of your time. Thank you so much for coming on to Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias. And thank you, audience, for listening. I'd like to hear from you all as we continue with season three. What do you want to chat about? Who do you want me to bring onto the show? Feel free to reach out at caspielbias.com at gmail.com. Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias is a production of C. Bias Productions, LLC. 
For more episodes of Adulting 101 with Caspi Bias, visit Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.